0: This is the Clinical Takeaway podcast from HealthEd, where we interview leading medical experts on important topics that can positively change the way you practise. Here's your host, GP and medical educator, Dr. David Lim.
1: HealthEd's face-to-face seminars are starting up again in 2022. And we hope that you will be able to join us for a day of high quality learning with a lineup of great speakers and important topics in women's and children's health. I'll be chairing a number of these events and I look forward to seeing you there. Register at healthad.com.au. So, we have a new annual CPD program. Are you feeling it's all too much? Well, it's not time to fear or fade away. We can do this. The College of GP will be working closely with us to make this change less arduous. Professor Charlotte Hasp explains.
0: Thanks, David. I'm a passionate GP. I currently head the Department of General Practice at Notre Dame University and I'm also the current chair for the Royal Australian College of GPs in New South Wales ACT and the the background to both of those roles is that I actually am a GP who owns a practice in Glebe and so a lot of the passion that I feel about general practice has come from Being a GP and feeling very strongly about making sure that everything for us is going in the right direction, which as many of us know at the moment, now is probably a very difficult time for the vast majority of us.
1: Charlotte, you may call yourself a GMP, but I think you do a lot more than we do, and you know certainly a lot more about things that most of us don't. And I'm actually referring to the new CPD program. I mean, a lot of us, in fact, probably all GMPs know something's afoot, something's happening, we don't know quite why, we don't know quite what it is, and we don't know how to proceed with it. So why don't you just give us an overview of this?
0: Thank you. Great question. So I think the most important thing to know is that changes to the CPD program have been happening behind the scenes for a very long time. And these changes are emanating from the uh, Australian Medical Board, um, along with APRA. Now, they have for quite a long time wanted to basically take control of the CPD for all doctors. Mm -hmm. And you know I'm not all that sure really what the underlying desire was but I'm led to believe that it's because that there were several programs for many of the sorts of um, other colleges that they felt were very subpar and so mm-hmm. wanted to be able to ensure that all Australian doctors met the same standards for a CPD program which has meant that the RACGP and Acram, so GPs Um, have been pulled into these changes very reluctantly because we actually lead the way in having the best CPD program Mm. at the moment. Mm. Um, But, you know, be that as it may, we will have to do all of the changes that have been um, basically set out by the Medical Board and APRA. They take place, so they actually had to be legislation put in place That legislation has now been passed by uh, sort of federal and state governments, and it is due to be rolled out the beginning of 2023, so it's not very far away.
1: Wow, just around the corner. I'm sorry, Shala, but, but as a GP, I'm feeling a little bit uneasy about other people writing programs for GPs when I'm not sure they understand what we really, really do
0: and easy you should feel. So luckily, what they have said in that, that the changes is that each specialty college has the right to set the standards okay. and what it is that the CPD program material involves. Okay. But mm-hmm. what they have done is they basically set out three big changes to what each CPD program looks like. And so it just sort of, to be very clear, I'll put it um, out there. This means that every single doctor has to submit every year an, a, a professional development plan. Okay? Remember that big thing called the plan that Harry yes. um yes. as president, sort of brought down from the college? So... Basically, now it's come back to bite, well, not to bite us, it's come back in a different, completely different format, but it's being mandated by the government as well as the medical council. So every year we're going to have to put in a professional development plan. What they have said is they're not going to specify what that plan looks like and nor the the form that it takes. But if they come knocking on your door, you need to show them a plan That basically sets out learning goals that actually align with your specialty and your scope of practice. So that's number one. Number two, everybody is going to now do CPD that aligns with time, okay? So we're very used to a sort of a points um, activity license, you know, thing. So every three years, we we need to have earned points um, on our CPD. Mm-hmm. Calendar. instead now it's a yearly calendar um, and we have to do 50 hours of CPD um, each year and that 50 hours again is dictated to us as to what it looks like so you can't just do 50 hours of something the 50 hours is there are they basically put out three activities that we have to do mm-hmm. so again 25 hours of our CPD is defined as what they call active CPD. So what on earth is active CPD, we say. Mm -hmm. So APRA is using the term active to describe two particular activities. One they call reviewing performance and the other they call measuring outcomes. Okay. So if you're confused, what I'll do is say, if you've done an NPS Mm medicine-wise audit, basically it's a bit like that so what it's saying is they're asking us to go and choose a topic and actively review what we're doing in that particular topic and then actually measure what we're doing and so you know it's it's, Something that might be easy to think about might be use uh, uh, prescribing of benzodiazepines. Mm -hmm. So they will then, you know, so you can then say, well, how many do I prescribe? Um, What is the best standard? Do I think that I align with the standards? If I do good, if I don't, can I actually change that? Mm
1: -hmm. And you've
0: got to measure those activities in a time. So, however long it takes you to do that particular activity, and then record it down so that it's being shown that you're doing this 25 hours of active now what they've they have said is at least five hours has to be one or other of those review or measuring but basically 25 hours of an activity and again i would just suggest that really we will um look at each you know gp setting up an activity um a sort of a clinical audit and review type activity that um you do that is able to sort of be shown to be part reviewed, part measurement, if that makes sense. So that's 25 hours. Then there's 12 and a half hours that you're allowed to do of educational activity. Okay, so in other words, the things that is most of probably are, are most people's CPD at the moment will be things that we do in terms of going to conferences, attending lectures, reading articles, doing something that we would all understand to be in an educational type of of definition. So 12 and a half hours of an educational activity. Um, And then 12 and a half hours can be either reviewing performance or measuring outcomes or an educational activity. So in other words, you could do 25 hours of educational activity and 25 hours of the reviewing and measuring, or you can do a, you know, so there's a little bit of flexibility in that last 12 and a half hours. The big thing is, is that it all has to be recorded and it has to be able to be trailed to each of those activities because the medical board is saying that they will come and audit us. A bit like the taxation office says, it's all and well you put in your statement, but they say um, for the tax office it's I believe it's seven years, so for our CPD they're saying three years that um, we need to keep a record of those activities. They will come back and um, check that we're doing what we're saying. And the other thing that needs to be mindful of is that then your plan has to align with those educational activities and show that you're actually, whatever plan you put in place, you're actually aligning with the activities that you do for those 50 hours. Okay, if you're confused, there's a little bit more still to come. Oh, wow. because okay so that's just the basic that's what everybody does but what they've also said that each specialty college will still actually say what are the things that as a GP for instance the RACGP or ACRRM might define as being core extra things that, that are on top of that and that's pretty easy for us to understand because we know that every three years we have to do a CPR activity yeah. mm-hmm. and so basically That will still stay in place. You don't have to do it every year, though. You'll still be able to do it. Um, The RSCGP is not going to be changing that requirement. You'll still only have to do a CPR activity. And it is only a CPR activity. It's not a a life support um, training, though, you know, remembering that you could do CPR within a basic life support training program. As long as you've just done the basic CPR, that's all that is needed and that's every three years. So again, one of those three years, one hour or thereabouts of your educational or activity will be the CPR. And As Mm -hmm. long as it gets ticked off each three years, then that'll be the same. And both ACRM and the RSEGP have an ability to, to actually sort of add in things that they see as being crucial to the cpd requirements of the racgp the racgp will continue to monitor what the standards of that education that you attend are so nothing really will change for us and that's what the racgp has been doing all along so those standards will continue to be in place now this is the next thing that has is changing and again i know people have been talking about this thing called cpd homes So, again, this is um, something that the medical board has decided that that all doctors should have a choice about who looks after their CPD. But they've actually said everybody has to have a CPD home. It is not okay for you to do it yourself. You have to actually register with a CPD home, and that CPD home has to be accredited with the medical council. Mm -hmm. Don't you love it? They're Mm. just giving themselves more jobs along the way here Mm. um, and more money that goes somewhere from somebody. So are there any of these CPD homes in place at the moment? Well, there there isn't because there's still no um, actual uh, documentation about what the CPD homes have to do in order to get accreditation, except that all of the current specialty colleges are automatically a CPD home. Um, And so they will, right from the start, the 1st of um, January 2023, if you're with the RACGP already and or with ACRM, then you are able to continue to be with them. And can I say, i mean, obviously biased, I'm an RACGP person, but I actually think you would be mad to not continue to go with the RACGP because they've been putting a huge amount of time and effort to try and make sure that all these changes will be accommodated for you with their CPD program and their sort of app and to make it really easy because you can just from what I've been saying here that it's quite complicated in is this a review or is it a measure how do I record it and it's all got to be stored and it's got to be meet the RACGP standards and it's got to be audited by both the CPD home and the medical council and I've got to keep it for three years so I actually don't want to think about any of that I just want to do it have it all there and somebody else looking after it for me and that is going to be um, beautifully done can I say by the RACGP and I you know that's my conflict in that I am an RACJP member, but I am certainly aware of the amount of work and effort going in to make sure that from the 1st of January, it's ready to go and it's as easy as possible. And I say that knowing that all the apps that we do always have some glitch somewhere. Um, But if you haven't gone and looked at the CPD sort of app and how it's changed even right now for our current triennium, it's worth going and having a look because it is actually really easy to, to read and use. And going forward, this is so much more important because the Medical Council will be monitoring it in a a much closer um, way.
1: Charlotte, I've already had a look and it looks fabulous and I just cannot see any reason why, personally, I would want to keep any sort of these records and then make sure other people accredit and view what I've done. It's such a headache.
0: And can I say the other advantage? The college sets the standards. So they may as well be your CPD home because they know exactly what those standards are and they're going to be able to easily meet the accreditation standards of the medical council and they're going to help you with any changes that arise along the way and I'm sure there'll be bits and pieces that the medical board and apra put in place and you know I know there's a lot of grumblings about the way in which apra has been treating GPs recently and, you know, I'm, I'm with them. I we, we do need them to be respectful of us. And I, you know, for me, the RACGP needs to be our professional home who's there to look after us and provide all of those services to make sure that it's seamless, easy and a great journey going forwards.
1: Charlotte, there has been enough pressure put on us um, at our workplace, uh, in, enough red tape. This pandemic's driving us nuts and now we're going to have to put aside a lot of time every year to tick boxes and fill up things and write up stuff. Actually, to be quite honest with you, Charlotte, this may actually probably force some doctors who are going part-time or finding things a little too difficult to question why they're still doing this.
0: And can I say I agree, and that's why as a GP myself who's been in, in, the, in the game for a while and hopefully still got a, a longer time in the game, but, you know, I can see the, the end of the tunnel, so to speak, I actually want to make it, this has got to be easy. This is not, can't be onerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anything that we can be assisted with in this process, the better. As I say, it's really important to know this is not being put up by the college nor by ACRM. This is absolutely a medical board and APRA activity and all of the barriers that we there are from them. And it is our job as the college now to make sure that this is easy and isn't a barrier because I certainly don't want to lose Mm. the great GPs who are there because of silly barriers in terms yeah. of their professional development.
1: I can also see some actually arguing the point that um, really we're not paying what we are worth and what we do. And now you're going to make us jump hoops that are set so high. It's a difficult time for us. and so We need to band together and help each other get through this.
0: Can I say, David, and I'll be sneaky here, I am standing to be President for the RACGP and I am standing for exactly the reasons that you've just said. I feel very, very strongly about essential role that we as GPs play in our healthcare system, though my argument is is that at the moment it's a sick care system Mm. and the reason that being a sick care system, therefore, The services that we can provide and that we can do better are not actually valued under the current system. It needs to be revised, but more importantly, the sustainability of our workforce needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed now. As I've often said, um, I think the canary in the cage is dead, and we do, but we do have some moments to be able to prevent everybody else dying too. So let's take that opportunity and actually put in place the solutions to restore sustainability to the most important part of our healthcare system. The problem is because we are so much taken for granted, we have been ignored and all of the sort of the cries for help and assistance have been ignored. And can I say largely because the government thinks that we're just saying we want more money as GPs. They don't understand that this is not just about more money for us as GPs. This is actually about making sure this part of the health system is sustainable. And now it's about to fall off the edge of the cliff. So we have to get in there. So that's really why I and I'm terribly passionate about it. Um, I think you know that. Um, And we, we need to be able to have someone who helps lead us into that space going forwards.
1: Well, Charlotte, I've known you for a very long time, and I've certainly known of your passion for general practice and for general practitioners. So uh, thank you for sharing those thoughts with us. I'm going to go back to the CPD program that's coming up now. It's not far away, Charlotte. How are we going to be uh, informed in more detail about what we need to do and how this program shapes up?
0: Okay, again, a great question. So the RACGP will be launching a pro um, basically an, an education program for all of us about what, what is involved and what we need to do in September. So watch out for that. And sort of basically they'll handhold us going forwards mm-hmm. so that that actually, you know, it isn't hard. So my biggest thing is I want everybody to be aware of what the changes are, but mm-hmm. I don't want you to panic. Just remember that. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's actually in many respects we're already doing these things. It's just the way in which it's recorded, the fact that it's now annual that it, and it sort of sound you know, like there's a little bit more detail, particularly in this professional plan. But that's the part hopefully we'll be able to make sure is, is easy. And obviously the first one will be the, you know, you're not having to reflect on what you said last time. This is your first one. So it's, it's a matter of trying to make it simple but actually have a bit of meaning in terms of what things you might like to do in the next year for your CPD. It's funny, it reminds me, when I was a very junior doctor, David, when i just done my exam, I really knew what my gaps were. And mm-hmm. so I'd set out quite a detailed plan about each year, like I did the family planning course, I did a 100-hour course on mental health, um, I went and did a bit more procedural and skin stuff because those were the things I felt most uncertain about. And I'm so glad I did because they have been the building blocks of my practice going forward and then I've been able to add to them. So I think for me with my CPD, I've got to do a similar thing again is go, okay, what are, what are the things that I really want to make sure that for my patients I want to be on top of this year and let's try and do some activities and health ed is also in a great position to help GPs by knowing what, what are the activities that most GPs are interested in being upskilled in and then being able to provide some of those activities, you know, the active stuff for mm. the 25 hours that might align with some of the webinars and the lectures that they provide. And I think if um, organisations like health ed can do that along with the RSGP GP doing a really good platform for recording and keeping it, making sure it's um, otherwise aligns with it, then I think it's going to be
1: easy. Charlotte, is uh, not as easy for the doctors or for the GPs who have created a niche in particular specific interests, be it mental health or skin or metabolic disease. Uh, what do you say to that?
0: No, 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 I actually think that this is fine because that's their scope and so that's where their CPD will actually align. So their professional development just aligns with what their specific interest is and then they make sure that they are doing activities that demonstrate that they are staying on top of it and they know what the standards are etc so i actually think this is easier for people who have more of a specific interest because it isn't uh, you know like it's some there was some bit of i think payback in terms of the, the previous program about defining what some of those activities might be. That's a really good intro into one of the other things. If you do have a number of specific interests, so say you are um, a member of a couple of colleges, then you still will have to align with with the special requirements that each of those colleges sets out. You don't necessarily need to do any more than the 50 hours though, if you can actually show that you can do, um, meet the requirements for each of the colleges that you registered with mm-hmm. within that 50 hours. So that's that's the, the good thing, is you don't have to do more time. Obviously, I mean, if you're like me, you'll end up doing a lot more time, but that's that's okay, um, as long as you are, you're able to tick the boxes for both your colleges.
1: Look, initially it does sound, Pretty overwhelming. Uh, I, I think you're quite right. The fact that it's every year is overwhelming. Uh, it's the need to record and keep everything in order for an audit uh, that's overwhelming. I feel a little bit heartened that uh, somebody's going to hold my hand going forward, so I don't fall between the cracks.
0: Good, and that's that's the goal, really, um, because I think that you know at times like this we all need to band together and see you know, try and make sure the barriers that are put out there that might make us fall over are taken away and that we can all walk together in that space.
1: Charlotte, I understand you may be in a process of trying to write something in greater detail. Would you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so what I'm planning to do is basically put in writing all the things that we've just chatted about and so that then it's a good reference um, document for people to, to know what the changes are and what what that might um, align to and what the choices you might make in terms of CPD home as I say this year obviously you can't make a choice of any other CPD home but your current college Mm -hmm. Um, and I would hope that that will be such a good experience that you wouldn't want to go anywhere else because you can see it's actually complex it has to actually align with a whole lot of stuff that is really core business for what your own college does and so really why would you want to change if they're actually there for you and that's all part of the service that you um otherwise you know there's there's a whole lot of other things that you can get along with your college
1: membership. Once again Charlotte I do thank you for just not telling us a little bit more about this I thank you for also highlighting the role of the college in this I I feel uh, a bit more relieved that I've always been a member. And I will make use of this benefit. But Charlotte, if there's anything you can say uh, to our GP's listener, what would it be? Would it be fear or would it be, here's a challenge, but we can do it?
0: Look, I I wouldn't be afraid. I suppose not so much a challenge, but I'd say don't don't be afraid. The biggest thing that we need to do in the first place, and it's good to just sort of think about the planning, is what are the things you'd like to prioritise in your um, CPD next year? And then have those down in your professional plan because that's really all a professional plan needs to be. As I said, there's nothing that's specific about it at the moment. But whatever it is you do put down, that's what you then have to review against at the end of the year's time. So it's really important to make sure that it's something you want to do as well as it's something that actually looks like it will be in line with your scope of practice so one of the biggest messages I ever had from a headmistress was saying do not do any education that you don't really want to do because then it becomes you know a sort of a weight on you rather than an enjoyment and a passion so let's Mm. do uh, that would be my biggest message is make sure your professional plan aligns with things you want to do in the next 12 months.
1: I, I can see a problem here because the plan can be as big as you want it to be or as detailed and specific as you want it to be. Uh, I guess what I would be hoping for is um, uh, if 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 possible someone to help make sure that the plan is not so big that um, you're kind of missing the mark and not enjoying it and finding it hard to measure.
0: Yep I agree 100 percent and um That will be part of what gets launched um, with the RACGP's program is about the sort of assistance in being able to do a plan. And again, the motto is keep it simple, David. Do not make it complex. The the simpler, the better. You can make it more complex as you go forward if that's what you want to. Mm -hmm. But first out, simple is
1: good. I like it. Simple is good. Charlotte, thanks for your
0: time. Thank you, David. Hopefully you'll enjoy reading the, the article about CPD as well.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Take care, Charlotte. Thanks, David. Just a quick reminder as we wrap up to encourage you to register for the next webcast, where you can always catch a high quality lineup of speakers and topics that HealthEd has put together for you. HealthEd webcasts are carefully created to provide high-quality video and audio so that you have the best possible learning experience. It's free. You get CPD points and it's all delivered directly to the digital device of your choice, wherever you choose to be. Register now at healthad.com.au. You can claim RACGP CPD points for listening to this podcast. Using the self-claim option, log into your account on the RACGP website, go to the CPD section and click on self-claim.